I'm very happy to introduce one of our favorite moderators, Mr. David Kippen. Uh, David Kippen recently opened a lending library and used bookshop in Boyle Heights called none other than Libros Schmibros. <laughs> Author of The Schreiber Theory, a radical rewrite of American film history, and translator of Cervantes' The Dialogue of the Dogs, Mr. Kippen is the former literature director of the National Endowment for the Arts. Uh, prior to that, he was a book critic and editor for the San Francisco Chronicle and, and generally an all-around really nice and very smart man. Please welcome Mr. David Kippen. Thank you very much. And now it falls to me to have the great honor of interviewing our distinguished panel. Thank you all for coming out. Our panel here consists of Sue Hodson. It's actually a good bio, so I'm going to stick to it. They, they know what they're doing here at Sokolo. Sue is, is the curator of literary manuscripts for the Huntington. She oversees all British and American literary manuscripts from the Renaissance to the present, and these collections include Christopher Isherwood's papers. Uh, in 2004, she was elected a fellow of the Society of American Archivists, the highest honor in the archival profession. Congratulations. Six years out of date. Ms. Hudson's ex exhibition, Charles Bukowski, Poet on the Edge, is currently on view at the Huntington Library, so make haste. Peter Alexander, born in Los Angeles in 1939, is an artist of the light and space movement, known for his resin sculptures and rich paintings and prints. His work is in the collections of the Los Angeles County Museum of Art and the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. He's a longtime friend of Christopher Isherwood's and a member of the advisory board of the Isherwood Foundation. And finally, Don Bacardi was the life partner of writer Christopher Isherwood, whom he met on the beach on Valentine's Day in 1953. Santa Monica Beach. Yes. Yeah. They, they remained to talk about one of the great un mounted plaques in Southern California, that would be the spot. They remained together until Isherwood's death, a film about their relationship titled Chris and Don, A Love Story, which I recommend to everyone here, was released in 2008. Mr. Bacardi is a painter whose works, of course, reside in the permanent collection of the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, the Smithsonian Institute, and the Huntington Library. So, uh, if I may say, we didn't meet on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day was the uh, uh, our anniversary, because that was the first night we spent together. Ah. <laughs> Much more important anniversary, I stand corrected. These diaries, you knew that he was keeping diaries over the years. Oh, indeed. When did you first read these diaries? I started the night he died. I always knew where they were kept. Uh, and... Um, he knew where mine were kept. That was one of the first uh, bits of advice he gave me was to keep a diary. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, he never gave me bad advice. So uh, <laughs> uh, I started pretty early. Uh, we agreed uh, uh, that uh, we mustn't uh, uh, give each other access to our diaries because... Uh, uh, we would become self-conscious of what we wrote about each other. So, uh, um, and we were both faithful. Uh, I never, I always knew where his diaries were, and I was often in the house by myself, but I never sneaked even a glance, and I know he never uh, uh, looked at mine. And uh, I was sorry later, after I'd finished reading his diaries, I... Um, uh, started to reread mine. I'd never, uh, 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 almost never uh, read anything uh, 
uh, uh, of my own until after I had finished his. And when I got into mine, I was very sorry that it never occurred to me uh, that if I didn't share them with him while he was alive, he would never read them. Oh. But um, uh, uh, because uh, I quote him a lot in my diaries, and he was very witty, <laughs> and I know also. he would have laughed a lot. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Well, I hope we get to see those diaries at some point. Well, uh, I don't know if, if uh, uh, they're publishable, but uh, I'm going to try. But uh, uh, I won't publish anything uh, uh, until all of his are, are uh, in print. And that won't be for another year, maybe a year and a half. Well, you're such a talented writer yourself. I can remember watching Frankenstein, A True Story, which you and Chris wrote together. Uh, and and uh, you two collaborated on many projects uh, mm -hmm. over the years. How did he make a writer out of you, or do you think you would have become one anyway? Well, when you're collaborating with um, uh, Isherwood, it's very easy to look good. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell us about that first night. No, no. Of course, what I meant yeah. was the first night you read the diaries, but feel free to take the question anywhere you care to. Well, that Valentine's night, um, we, we'd, um, we'd spent the uh, whole day together, uh, uh, Chris and my brother Ted and, and me, and we'd been to the beach and we'd had lunch and we'd uh, um, had dinner together and went to a party and... Ted was uh, driving, and um, we got to uh, uh, Chris's uh, 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 little garden house in uh, Brentwood, where he was living. And uh, 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 as Chris was uh, getting out, I announced uh, uh, to uh, uh, Ted that uh, I was spending the night with Chris. And... Uh, 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 Chris was surprised too. <laughs> what had <laughs> what had passed between you up to that point? Uh, uh, um, uh, we we uh, uh, we'd been to bed together. Uh, no, we hadn't. That no. was the the first night. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'd been to movies and yeah. dinner, and we'd spent a lot of time together. And um, uh, I knew Chris liked me, and mm. uh, I liked him, mm. and. Uh, uh, and it was very un, uh, 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 characteristic of me to be uh, forward, hmm. but uh, I said it in, in somehow perfect confidence. And I don't know whether I meant that um, uh, uh, I, we were going to have sex together, but uh, I just meant uh, I knew Ted was going on. He had a, a boyfriend. He was uh, going to spend the night with somebody. Hmm. And rather than uh, be just <laughs> dropped off... Uh, uh, at my mother's apartment, mm -hmm. I, I decided I'd stay with Chris, and uh, uh, I did. And 30 years later, did you have the privilege of reading his account of that night? Um, yes, I started his diaries um, with the most recent volume oh. and uh, went back in time. So it was, uh, 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 oh, three or four months uh, before I got to our first meeting. I read them very, very slowly. And uh, with great self-control, not to skip, well, yes, behind, yeah. as it were. Well, if I'd <laughs> saved them uh, for more than 30 years, uh, yes, I had lots of self-control. 
And when you finally got to that, that earliest volume about your shared years together, did his account of the events of Valentine's Day correspond to your own recollections? Uh, yes. Uh, um, uh, well, it was... Uh, uh, yes, it was a very strange experience. And, of course, uh, at that time, uh, he really didn't... Um, uh, we didn't know each other all that well. And so, uh, yes, it was uh, wonderful. But then uh, uh, he incorporated into his diaries many direct addresses to me, uh, uh, saying, Don, I know you're going to be reading this after I'm dead. (laughs) And uh, uh, he was so thoughtful, always. And, of course, that's exactly the kind of um, connection with him that uh, was so helpful to me uh, uh, after he was dead. And uh, uh, the diaries were so alive. And, uh, uh, and they were about uh, the two of us, so much of them. Hmm. And uh, it was his voice uh, uh, that I was uh, hearing. Hmm. And that was... Uh, and he knew it, and, uh, 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 well, he was very considerate. Well, now, Sue, you were the custodian of these wonderful volumes. Tell, tell me, where do they repose, and, and how did you first uh, come into the, the orbit of, of the Isherwood Diaries? Well, we were approached by a representative uh, of Don and the collection who was looking for a home, and we were one of several institutions being considered as the repository for the Isherwood papers. Um, And we met with this representative over many months as he considered each institution that showed an interest. And thankfully, uh, Hmm. Don and the representative chose us. And we've been delighted. Um, We we looked at Isherwood from the very beginning as a major 20th century writer in the English language who happened to be gay, not as a gay writer. And, and that, that's very much the way we looked at him, and we still do. Uh, the collection came to us, and Don was great to work with. He was mm. just could not have been more helpful. And the collection has been heavily used. It's, it's used constantly. Many books have come out of it already. A biography, a collection of letters from Chris to his mother, um, a collection of his lectures. So, and we did an exhibit for, for Isherwood's papers and also an exhibit of Don's art. So we've, we've gotten good mileage from this collection. <laughs> it has extraordinary research depth, and it has legs in mm-hmm. a publishing phrase. It's going to go on for a long time and reward scholars who come to use it. In the course of our processing the papers, we read everything that's in the collection, and uh, I was just bl- bowled over, blown away, because uh, I learned who Isherwood was from his papers. I didn't have the joy of meeting him. I wish I could have. But reading his papers, reading his correspondence and his manuscripts, I learned that he was a compassionate and humane person, that he was enormously generous with his time, with his expertise, with his help. He mentored so many people, and this comes through throughout the collection, and just the, the, the humane and generous spirit that he had. And that's a joy for us to see. Now, the diaries, we have some of the diaries, but the ones that are being published and have been published have been in the hands of Catherine Bucknell, the editor of the diaries, and those will come to us in due course. I, I mean, it's such a wonderful book. It's such a wonderful love story. 
I, I dipped into uh, the earlier volume from, from the 1950s uh, when, I was, when I went to your terrific exhibit at the Huntington uh, uh, for the centenary. Um, and, but this is my first time you know, reading a full decade, and it's just such a, a glorious, complicated, brilliantly written story. Um, how much more material was there to the 1960s diaries than we're seeing in these glorious 600 pages? Uh, uh, Kate McNallan, I uh, decided uh, at the beginning that uh, uh, we wouldn't uh, uh, edit anything really? um, that uh, wasn't considered libelous. <laughs> uh, Were there and, some decision calls there? Uh, 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 oh, it, it was very tough because, and uh, we each of us learned a great deal about uh, libel laws, <laughs> and uh, 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 it was uh, surprising uh, the the most harmless uh, little uh, items uh, 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 were considered uh, dangerous. And it, it was a terrible job Kate had to write to so many people. Uh, asking them uh, for permission and uh, uh, sending pages uh, uh, with the uh, material concerning them. And um, uh, often um, she would be uh, told, oh, anything. I'm delighted uh, to be written about, publish anything. Then uh, she would send the pages, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they would come back uh, with, uh, uh, take out this, take out that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so um, uh, whenever anything had to be taken out, um, uh, brackets are uh, put around the, the um, uh, new words that Kate uh, uh, put in to uh, fulfill the sense mm -hmm. of, of what was missing. So uh, everything that isn't within brackets is exactly as, as Chris wrote it. Now, if I were Julie Harris's libel lawyer, I don't think I would have let quite so much of this pass. Do you know anything about that correspondence? Oh, tell me, what about Julie? Oh, it just uh, talks about her infidelities, and my Lord, that's not the sort of thing one thinks of living people is allowing to see print, but I guess you'll just well, have to Julie read. was a very close friend. Yeah. Uh, yes, and uh, she loved Chris, and he loved her. Uh, uh, no, I don't. Uh, no, uh, uh, Kate and I never had any uh, uh, qualms about uh, uh, Julie's reaction. Well, I couldn't help wondering because you've distinguished <coughs> yourself first and foremost as a portraitist, and Chris's work—he can—he can. He can fix someone in the reader's mind just with a thumbnail sketch in the course of a couple, three sentences in such a way that you'll never forget. How did you learn from each other uh, the art of portraiture? Did you pick up things from him, do you think? Did he pick up things from you? Oh, I, I, I hope so, and I think so, yes. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, well, within a year, I started developing... Um, uh, what was uh, uh, thought uh, uh, an affected British accent. <laughs> and uh, I was just horrified when I first heard my voice uh, on a tape recorder. And uh, it sounded affected to me, too. 
And I, I looked around the room to the other people who were listening, and I said, I don't sound like that, do I? <laughs> they said, oh, yes, you do. <laughs> yes. And uh, I couldn't stop it because I couldn't hear it except on a, a tape recorder. So I just had to, to uh, 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 gulp and, and, and bear it. And, hmm. uh, but uh, also, over the years... Chris uh, developed certain speech uh, mannerisms of mine that were mine originally. But, of course, everybody would assume that uh, it only worked uh, the other way. (laughs) But uh, he he was a a kind of mimic, too. I'm an unconscious mimic, and and, uh, I think he was a conscious one. And uh, uh, he liked the idea of having an American accent, and he used all kinds of... Americanisms uh, that he learned here. What because, would be an example? Uh, 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 just uh, slang, American slang. Mm. Uh, 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 um, he liked it. Uh, 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 he loved this country. Never regretted uh, leaving England. Uh, was um, uh, happy to go back to see his his friends there. But after a, a week or two, he was uh, uh, very eager to get back to California. Mm. Yeah, that's a, almost a refrain in the book. Uh, you know, he'll travel to London or to New York or to India, and he'll say, I long for California. And I think we're in sort of an interesting and privileged position up here, because unless I'm mistaken, are all four of us Southern California natives? I am. Mm-hmm. I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're privileged here, too, because we have an expert, certainly on Chris, as no one else could ever pretend to be, and an mm-hmm. expert on the manuscripts. And Peter is a lifelong Southern Californian and someone who was here during this decade of the 1960s. Well, this, uh, let's, let's defer to, to Don. It's, this, what he has to say is much more interesting. <laughs> I don't really have anything to add to it, but let's... Get more of this stuff. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want me to say something? Well, I mean, I'm... <laughs> well, um, let's see. Now, yes. Um, you're <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm interested in getting at this book, not just as a terrific 600-page hunk of some of the best prose written <coughs> in the 20th century, but also as a document of Southern California history. Um, and any of you, I'd be curious to, to hear what, um, what you remember about the decade and how this book might bring it back. I was going to comment on, 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 on Don and Chris. When we met, which was like in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, I, had, I, had, I had known gay, gay people, but I never knew a couple. Oh. And it was the first introduction that I had to a couple. Mm-hmm. And from the things that we would do together... I thought, this is really amazing. Hmm. I said, I've never known anybody to have a relationship like this. Hmm. And it was, it was magnetic. It was so good. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of shit in there. Excuse me, lots of stuff in there yeah. too. But, <laughs> but the point is, is that I had never been exposed to it. Yeah. And so uh, th- that sort of uh, increased my fascination a lot. And I think it's on that basis that we sort of kept going. You're right that there is a little shit in here. Um, Don, were you at all hesitant about uh, rinsing your dirty laundry in public like this with the publication of the 60s Diaries? You know, uh, uh, when I read my own diaries, uh, uh, 
I was uh, much harder on myself than Chris. Uh, Chris really, uh, he didn't like dwelling on uh, uh, negative uh, aspects of my behavior. And, um, well, he admits in the, uh, this volume that um, uh, there's a one page, the bottom half of which is torn out. Yes. And uh, he explains in his next entry that uh, he'd written something uh, mean about me. No, it, it probably wasn't mean. It was probably just accurate. <laughs> and uh, 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 and it, it depressed him. He didn't want to dwell on it. He uh, 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 and uh, he didn't like. Um, uh, uh, I was amazed early on when uh, um, he would find uh, um, a villain, evil characters uh, in movies or in fiction, uh, depressing, hmm. um, uh, because it was. Uh, he he felt it was too easy uh, to be. Uh, 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 villainous. What he thought was the most difficult thing of all was to write about a saint. To write about a a saintly character. Father Zosima. uh, 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 Tolstoy's character. Uh, uh, He loved that story and uh, he thought it was one of the most successful uh, uh, examples of writing about a saint, and uh, that—that's what uh, challenged him was to find how to describe goodness. Help me with the name of that Tolstoy story, somebody out there, because Father Zosima. Well, uh, uh, it's Brothers Karamazov. Oh, it is. Okay, thanks. Um, so um, I wanted to ask. Uh, he actually does through the course of this book write about someone whom he thinks to be just about a saint. That's his, his, his swami, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, if you or any of you could, could help us understand what his faith meant to him. Because, you know, passages in here about, you know, his friendship with, you know, W.H. Auden, um, you know, a, a reader will, I'm sure, you know, devour. Um, but some of the stuff about Vedanta, that's a little more esoteric. So could you talk a little bit about what Chris's faith meant to him? It meant a great deal. It was, uh, uh, um, yes, it was uh, uh, his foundation. Uh, 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 Prabhupada was uh, very, very important to him. Uh, indeed, and uh, 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 he, he never abandoned it. It, it um, uh, stayed with him uh, uh, till the day he died. He wasn't kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very much in the collection as well. And when scholars come to use the, the Isherwood papers, many of them aren't comfortable with Vedanta, mm-hmm. um, or they don't understand it, or yeah. they, they, they just are not comfortable with trying to deal with it. So they study Isherwood apart from Vedanta. Yeah. And more scholars are coming in now saying, you can't do that. It was part of him, and you've got to address it. It's in his writings. It's in his life. Yeah. It's very much a part of him, and you can't ignore it. A central part of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting to watch that transformation. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I should tell you about how this is going to go. We'll, we'll talk up here for another, oh, 10, 15 minutes approximately. Then rest assured, we're going to turn it over to you, and I might toss in a question periodically. But uh, um, let's just talk a bit longer. I wonder, are there particular entries in the diaries? Maybe we should even read one. Just, I mean, we can natter on up here about the quality of his prose all night, but it would be nice just to pull <coughs> out a chunk if anybody has a favorite um, or, 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 or one in particular, one episode that comes back to you. Maybe we could pull it out and just uh, you know, regale people with it. Mm -hmm. Is there a passage that comes back to you? Uh, oh, that'd be very difficult to find. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 I like so much, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> I might fish for one, but what about you, Sue? Oh, there's too many. Too many come to mind. It, it's just remarkable. One thing I would say about, about Isherwood in Los Angeles, since mm -hmm. that's the topic of, of the evening, is that when he and Auden emigrated from the UK in 1939, um, they both felt that they needed the freedom that they would find in the United States, um, especially freedom to pursue life as gay men. Uh, in England, it was still against the law to be gay. And both Isherwood and Auden wanted to escape that. They also were pacifists, and of course the world was on the brink of war, and they wanted to get away from that. They felt that it was completely wrong and misguided. So they emigrated to this country uh, to great criticism by their peers in, in the UK. Mm -hmm. And Isherwood, um, in contrast to Auden, who stayed in New York, but Isherwood came almost directly out to LA. Mm -hmm. uh, he was drawn <coughs> for the Hollywood industry he, and the films. He was drawn by, uh, he knew there would be a gay community out here. And it gave him the freedom that he so wanted. He also was right on the cusp of the film community. And he wanted to get involved in doing films. And of course he did. Um, he, he was really in awe of, of Hollywood figures, you know, Greta Garbo. And, mm. and you know, he, he writes in earlier diaries, he writes about, about going on a picnic with Greta Garbo and other film figures just a few days after he arrived in 1939. And, you know, this is just stunning. Uh, but he's meeting these figures that were legendary to him. So this just coming to California opened up this enormous world for him of an openly gay li lifestyle where he's not doing something that's against the law. And then also Hollywood and the freedom that that offered him to work in films and to be part of that community. Yeah, well, that to the British literary uh, uh, world, that was total perdition. Oh, absolutely, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, mo <laughs> uh, 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 movie making and, and uh, uh, Indian mysticism. Uh, they, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and uh, uh, the British have never really gotten over it. Uh, and um, uh, they still uh, believe that um, um, uh, uh, once Isherwood came to California, uh, his work fell off, that uh, 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 all of his interesting work was done before he uh, emigrated. And of mm -hmm. course, uh, uh, Chris uh, 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 really had very little patience with his, his early work. He thought all of his most interesting uh, work was done in this country. Um, uh, a single man was his own favorite of his books. And I think uh, critical opinion is generally coming around mm -hmm. to that, especially in the wake mm -hmm. of the movie. One of its great glories is that mm -hmm. it's, it's sending people back to it. What was gay life like in Los Angeles in the 50s and, and 1960s? How, did you feel especially persecuted or...? Uh, uh, you know, it was very exciting. Uh, because uh, uh, it was undercover. Yeah. Uh, we, we were, uh, uh, yes, the, um, 
it, it was like a, a glamorous criminal world, <laughs> and, and, and it was uh, it was unspoken, uh, 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 and we we had to behave ourselves in public. <laughs> uh, 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 so then, when we got together in in, uh, in our own uh, groups, uh, uh, oh, what freedom! What uh, hmm. uh, 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 yes, uh, and that made it fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, a secret life. Uh, uh, people assumed that oh oh poor things in the fifties they were so persecuted. We we hardly felt persecuted at all. It 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 was exciting. I mean, we, uh, 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 I just grew up taking it for granted that, uh, of course, we were illegal. Uh, 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 and, um, uh, uh, but Chris uh, 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 fought for, for gay rights and, and uh, uh, he hated the, the um, uh, repression, uh, but um, it was still... Uh, exciting to live in that world then. And when A Single Man came out, I mean, that was a very frank novel for its day. Was he, it caused a stir or? Uh... Uh, the uh, LA Times critic, Philip Scheuer, jumped the, the, the gun. He wasn't supposed to uh, <laughs> publish his review uh, for, uh, 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 he uh, uh, had it published a month before uh, uh, he was supposed to, and it was the most negative review, uh, saying how dreary and depressing and uh, uh, this hatred of women uh, and, and that kind of thing. It was, uh, 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 and uh, Chris already felt this, this book was really something, a breakthrough for him. Yeah. And that first review really, uh, um, uh, I saw it, it uh, um, uh, uh, disappointed him. Uh, he he was very tough about reviews as a uh, uh, general, but uh, and uh, he didn't whine about it. But I know it. it he felt dashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the next reviews were a little more forgiving. Some of them, but uh, uh, he said himself that uh, 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 goodbye to Berlin and the last of Mister Norris uh, were books that. Uh, were considered classics, and uh, uh, he said to me, "Well, uh, you should have read the first reviews he got for those. Yeah. They were much more uh, critical." Uh, 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 oh, it's quite a nice little book. Uh-huh. <laughs> little pat on the head. Mm-hmm. And he was such a generous critic himself. Um, <clears throat> wasn't it? It's true that that we might not know Ray Bradbury now if he hadn't given such a generous notice to the Martian Chronicles. Oh, if he ago. loved uh, uh, a writer, yes, yes. He, he wanted to, to um, uh, tell everybody, and did. Hmm. Uh, um, he didn't like writing negative reviews. And he, he felt a little bit ashamed of himself for, for um, uh, being negative about uh, Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath. Oh. What was his beef with the Grapes of Wrath? Um, well, it, it gets very poignant uh, uh, toward the end, and uh, a character or two are killed off, and um, uh, Chris felt that uh, um, who was responsible for that, if not Steinbeck? Hmm. He thought uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he was um, uh, using uh, uh, pathos uh, 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 to... Uh, 
for his own purposes. Yeah, Steinbeck didn't exactly share Chris's aversion to villains, did he? <laughs> um, oh, uh, when I say uh, um, Chris uh, didn't like, he didn't like evil villains. He adored uh, delicious villains. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you... Uh, uh, the... Um, uh, uh, prisoner of Zen Zender, uh, pre um, uh, uh, Rupert of Hensar was mm. his his favorite character because he was so dashing and and uh, 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 wicked in a, a wonderful romantic way. Yeah, there's a wonderful moment in here where it's as if he physically needs to reread the Prisoner of Zenda at some point. Mm -hmm. He almost you know reaches for it as one would for a medication because well, he it needs was a it. childhood book, uh, book for him. And you mentioned that uh, another childhood favorite of his um, would have been Jules Verne? Yes. Yes, he loved Jules Verne. <coughs> mm. um, getting this book, you get such a wonderful sense, not just of the city, and of course I'm, I'm riffling here looking for the wonderful passage where he goes for your first ride on the 10 freeway from Santa Monica downtown <laughs> in what, <laughs> 10 minutes, 15? <laughs> uh, which of course, you know, now of course we read it and, and, and can't but weep. Um, <laughs> but there's also such a wonderful sense of, of the house you shared. Um, and, and you're still there, at least uh, mm -hmm. the house you were in in the 1960s. Uh, yes, I'm in my 52nd year. Oh. In well, it's a wonderful house. Tell and us about it. it. Uh, well, it's just uh, full of, of uh, memory, full of uh, Chris still. It looks very like it, it uh, uh, has looked for, for years. And uh, uh, it has a, a wonderful view of Santa Monica Canyon and the bay and the Santa Monica Mountains. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm never tired of the view. And it um, provides me with the perfect studio because uh, uh, all of my portraits are only done from life. And uh, uh, it's hard work sitting still for hours, but at least I can offer my sitter something uh, very pleasant to look at. <laughs> <laughs> and they say it helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Peter, you've, you've, visit, you've visited the house many yeah. times over the yeah. years. Uh -huh. um, I've passed out there, too. Passed? Yeah. <laughs> as a, as, a, as a, a place to visit and also to write and to, to, to paint, uh, what, what, what sort of house is it to walk into? Well, the most, uh, the most salient thing is the fact that they have pictures by I don't know how many artists, and they're hung in sort of an academic fashion, which they have to be because there's not enough room for everything. Mm. And it's, uh, the first thing you do is you start looking at the pictures. I mean, not I would for obvious reasons, but I mean, I think generally most people do, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Is, yeah, they're fabulous. Is that me? Um, and, uh, and then there's always a story about the pictures. Mm -hmm. The house itself is very intimate. It's, uh, the scale is very uh, sort of uh, domestic. Uh, it's the original kitchen, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, they used to have these fantastic sort of dinner parties over there. And they, who was the lady who cooked? Uh, Natalie. Natalie, right. Natalie Levitt. Yeah. She was a character. She, she, she was uh, Romanian. And she, she lived actually very close uh, she could even have walked to the house, but she always drove. And she started as a cleaning woman, and then, um, and Chris and I always used to do the cooking for our dinner parties. Uh, and uh, in later years, we split up the 
chores by uh, Chris uh, taking care of the barbecue out on the deck, and I would do the vegetables and salad and dessert in the kitchen. And that kept us out of each other's hair. But um, <laughs> if we had more than um, <coughs> four or uh, six people, Chris never liked more than, than eight. Uh, if um, there were uh, um, uh, enough people for the conversation to uh, 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 break into two, uh, Chris felt it was too many mm. um, because uh, um, uh, it always made uh, made you feel that uh, uh, the other conversation at the other end of the <laughs> table was better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, uh, eventually, Natalie, um, uh, 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 we we would have her uh, as really kind of clean up. It's just help help her, and then. Gradually, she began elbowing me away from the stove until finally she was doing everything and doing everything very well indeed. And uh, 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 we were soon perfectly corrupted uh, by her help. <laughs> and um, yes, she came to us for years. One of the things about the dinner parties that I always thought was interesting is that they're the, the selection of people and then the positioning at the table. So that if almost as if with the light people would be chosen who they knew would be in conflict. Yeah. And, and it, inevitably, something like that would happen mm -hmm. in, a most, in a very civilized way. But uh, I, 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 I had never known that, that kind of uh, pleasure. Well, he writes such wonderful accounts of the parties that other people throw that, that, that you, Don, and he would attend because, you know, it's almost as if he's still a critic. You know, he's reviewing these parties, mm -hmm. and he's not giving the hosts the benefit of the doubt unless he absolutely has to. Um, well, he was a total voyeur in these. He would sit at the end of the table yeah. and, and just listen to everybody. <laughs> and you knew he was. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, it was wonderful because it was just he was picking all of it up. Um, I, I don't want to turn things over to the audience without asking two such distinguished artists as the two of you about Los Angeles in the 1960s as a scene for art. Um, both, you know, for the, you know, the artists who were working there, the atmosphere of the place, and even, I'm thinking of that great piece that, that Lawrence Weschler wrote about the light in Los Angeles. Is there something particular about the light in Los Angeles, and is it still with us today, or is it different today from what it was in the 1960s? Well, whether it were or not, we would say it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there is. There's something. But I, th that is so Im impossible to describe or to even sort of enter into it, as, or to have any idea what effect it, in fact, is having on people. Um... um Don's description of what it was like being gay in, in, at that time is exactly what the art world was like. Meaning that there, was, um, there were very few artists. Uh, um, there was no... Uh, the, 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 the museum was at, at exp, an exposition park. Oh, the county museum before it moved down Wilshire Boulevard. Yeah, but, it, but it, was, it was in the, in the Museum of Natural History. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember seeing an exhibit there once of a New York painter, uh, Philip Guston. Yeah. And I saw his paintings behind a dinosaur. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's, that, that, that's what, the, what, what the sensibility of L.A. was at the time mm -hmm. in terms of its appreciation 
for yeah. this stuff, which meant that you could do anything you wanted because there was nobody listening. <laughs> well, you certainly, we were removed uh, from New York by geography. Yeah. And also New York at the time uh, thought of us only as sort of stone surfers. So it was a way of being dismissed right, you know, right out, which it, it continued for a long time and still does to a certain degree. Yeah. But it's, that's just provincialism. I mean, it comes from all kinds of sort of angles. Um, well, that's about it. There were, there were maybe five people who collected art. <laughs> and uh, so You must have had your, your work cut out for you Cultivating them There were more than five oh, artists I did my best <laughs> um, Well no you, you, the, the issue was that you, if, you, if you made enough if Somehow you made enough money to, 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 to make it to the next day You were doing well <laughs> And that was, that was sort of the extent of the ambition yeah. Meaning you had no uh, Delusions That this was going to be a money making operation I mean, I remember one time, for an example, we were, I know this is not about Chris, and I'll get off it no. right away. There was a group of us having dinner in, in Chinatown uh, because it was inexpensive, and there were maybe eight of us, I guess. And I remember Bankston getting up a, a, at the end of the table and saying, I'm going to buy lunch. Billy Al Bankston. Yeah. And we, he said, I sold a drawing. <laughs> and he said, for $300. And so that was a big event. Hmm. So that gives you some context. Now, was the relationship between a terrific young artist like yourself, Don, and a writer like Chris, was that more the exception or the rule? I mean, was there a lot of cross-pollination between the art scene in Los Angeles that New York was clueless about and the literary scene in Los Angeles that New York was clueless about? Mm -hmm. Um... I'm, I'm not sure I understand what you're asking. I mean, was there, and, and feel free to jump in, Peter, did, was the art world sort of a world apart even from the literary world at the time, or were you all going to each other's parties and, and, and admiring each other's work? And... Yes, dear, that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, 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 Chris wanted to encourage me uh, uh, as an artist, uh, and... Uh, when I started meeting other artists, uh, 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 you, Peter, and Billy Allen, uh, then, um, uh, and uh, I wanted to, to uh, have uh, uh, you come to the house. Uh, Chris was always uh, full of encouragement and, and, uh, uh, and uh, 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 didn't he make himself available, didn't he? Uh, 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 he was fun, wasn't he? Is that a question to me? Yeah. Who, Chris? Yeah. Oh, he was fantastic. He yeah. was so exotic. Mm-hmm. And uh, he you know, all the things that he was. I mean, you know, this was all, this was a big deal. This was the, this was the, the, the issue with Bacardi Salon. <laughs> well, I feel as if we're, we're sort of reconvening it tonight, but I'm having altogether too much fun up here. I wonder if somebody else out there might want to chime in with a question or two. Laura, do you want to? I took yeah. a friend to Barnsdale Park about 25 years ago where your portraits were being shown and Christopher was there. And I saw a group of people and I heard a British accent and I told my friend, uh, Roger, that's Christopher Isherwood. And when I got there, it was you yeah. with his <laughs> accent. The second thing is, are you going to do another portrait of Jerry Brown? Yeah. Like the alarming one that's at Sacramento, 
because it's fun to stand next to the portraits of the governor and watch people go up and see, you know, there's uh, Earl Warren and there's Pat Brown, and all of a sudden they walk up to your Jerry Brown and they're shocked. Are you pleased with that? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, they've isolated my <laughs> painting uh, in the Capitol building so it won't contaminate the others. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, I take that as a, a great compliment. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a very interesting question because it's never happened before. Um, a previous governor who years later is uh, uh, elected again uh, and... Uh, um, uh, 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 he was so still so handsome uh, uh, when he uh, uh, first sat for me, and uh, uh, I think he's still handsome now, but in a quite different uh, way. And um, I would love to do, uh, 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 <coughs> or I would love to have done a before and an after. And and a lot of people have asked me, am I going to be? Um, uh, 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 as, and I have no idea uh, except that um, um, uh, uh, Jerry hated uh, the yeah. sittings. Uh, he found it very, very difficult uh, sitting and couldn't understand why um, uh, I wanted to do five sittings with him. Uh, uh, but um, Why did you want to do five sittings? Uh, because uh, I was um, uh, very nervous about the commission. I wanted to do my uh, uh, very best work, and um, and in fact, the painting of him, which is in the Capitol building, was done in our very last sitting, mm. uh, 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 and uh, 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 from start to finish, I never uh, touched the, the, the painting after that sitting. I never do anyway. It was all done in one sitting, so uh, I think maybe I justified myself by uh, uh, waiting until the last sitting to do the picture that uh, uh, is hanging there. But um, um, uh, he, he, he didn't know what he thought of it, even uh, uh, after he looked at it. And um, uh, I think he um, has a little um, uh, eye for art as uh, uh, anybody can have, really. But, <laughs> But he's so, he's so intelligent that he knows all of his weaknesses. Mm. And so uh, he very carefully found uh, advisors to tell him, first of all, uh, uh, who to pick uh, for the job, and then um, uh, uh, to tell him uh, what they thought of it uh, 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 once it was painted. <laughs> and um, it wasn't until... Uh, uh, there were three major uh, uh, people who came down, and uh, they all said, Jerry, it's okay, it's fine. Uh, not until then did he say, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, well, it's smart to know uh, uh, your, your own weak spots and to, to uh, shore yourself up with informed opinion. But um, uh, uh, I wasn't the, the, the first choice. Um, uh, when uh, the painting got uh, a lot of publicity because the, uh, a couple of councilmen said it looked to them like it was painted with mustard and ketchup. Yeah. Uh, 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 that was, uh, uh, and there was a picture uh, 
uh, on the front page of the L.A. Times, uh, um, uh, my, uh, 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 I was standing up next to my painting, and um, it wasn't until all that publicity that uh, David Hockney uh, took the trouble to say to me, you know, they asked me to do it first. <laughs> <laughs> How keeping a regular diary has impacted your painting? Hmm. Oh, um, I, I don't feel they're related uh, at all. Um, uh, I don't think so. Um, uh, I think um, uh, my painting is impacted by writing in that um, um, uh, I, I, I do lots of visual descriptions of, of people. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, Chris, uh, uh, if he was stuck uh, for, for um, uh, uh, how to describe a character, uh, if it were based on somebody uh, we both know, uh, he would sometimes ask me, how would I describe so-and-so? And, -so? and uh, mm. I usually managed to come up with something that pleased him. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, but uh, they're very uh, uh, un unrelated uh, uh, otherwise. Um, uh, my, my diaries and my painting, mm. as they should be, yes, I think. I also had the privilege of attending the 2004 Centennial uh, Exhibition that was held at the Huntington Library, and there was an, I wanted to mention an unforgettable reading that took place uh, during that exhibition at which people who knew Chris came up and uh, read selections from his work or favorite passages from his work. And at that time, um, Don McCarty, you read a wonderful letter that he had written you. And uh, gosh, I, I wish I had had something to record it then because it was just one of the most moving and fascinating letters I've ever heard. And uh, I wanted to be able to listen to it over and over again. And I asked at the time if there was going to be a selection of correspondence or some correspondence that would be coming out among the publications that would be coming out in the years to come, and I was assured there would be, although people were a little vague about the publication date, and that was about six and a half years ago. <laughs> so I ask again, um, do I have any hope of seeing a selection of letters or some correspondence among the diaries and the other uh, papers that are going to be published. There is, in fact, uh, in the works now uh, a book of um, uh, Chris's and my letters to each other, uh, which um, Kate Bucknell, who is the editor of his diaries, is uh, putting together. And um, it's, uh, it's going to be called The Animals mm. because uh, we... Uh, 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 addressed uh, uh, our letters to each other um, uh, to to our animal uh, personas. Which and, were the two? Excuse me. Dobbin and Dobbin and Kitty. Yes. <laughs> Where did uh, they come he, from? He was a horse. Uh, 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 various description, and I was a cat of uh, even more uh, various <laughs> description because <laughs> he was much more inventive than I. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, uh, they somehow took over our letter writing. We weren't often separated, but when we were for any length of time, we wrote uh, uh, almost every day. So uh, uh, there, there would be quite a sizable volume. 
We have um, another, oh, sorry. Well, and I can add that there yeah. already is a volume of letters out, letters from Isherwood to his mother. Uh-huh. It came out a few years ago. It's very, very good. His letters to his mother are extraordinary. Uh, there's nothing pro forma. There's nothing, dear mom, I'm fine. Don't worry, I'm doing my laundry every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, they're very full of his experiences out here and his observations and his writing efforts. So I recommend that very highly to you. It's an excellent book. And there's the book of uh, his and uh, Ian Forster's letters yes. to each other. Yes, yeah. indeed. How is it that you select the persons that you do the portraits? I mean, I've seen, you know... Uh, the nude male nudes that you do, and of course you have, uh, you know, some of them are young men with really beautiful bodies, but you also have a lot, you know, the spectrum goes from one end to the other. You know, a lot of different bodies, a lot of different ages, and a lot of different looks, and I was wondering what, what is it that you choose? I mean, beyond the aesthetics, you know, how do you choose a, a person or who you're going to do the portrait for? And the second one is regarding your influences. I mean, uh, I know you've done uh, different po- kind of portraits, but you know one that the one that interests me the most is a male nude, um, and I want to a- ask you if uh, you know some of the great artists of you know that have painted male nudes like Michelangelo and Caravaggio. Did they, um, especially Michelangelo, his you know his insistence on the male nude and that was central to his work. And I was w- wondering, I see kind of feel that in, in your work, and I was wondering what your influences were, and did he influence influence you? Thank you. Uh, well, I've I've had so many uh, influences uh, um, by um, many uh, 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 painters who specialized in in people. Um, uh, Sargent, of course, uh, uh, um, uh, a big influence on me was Emil Nolda, his watercolor heads of, of people. But as for uh, choosing my uh, subjects. Um, uh, uh, I'm basically uh, uh, very interested in uh, the way people look. Uh, 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 um, uh, what I won't do really is, is uh, turn down uh, a subject uh, because of the way uh, he or she looks. Uh, I'm interested. In fact, um, there was a period where I made a point of asking people that I met uh, uh, who <coughs> seemed to me unpaintable, that there were uh, no uh, uh, outstanding characteristics. They were not really identifiable people. They had uh, bland uh, uh, faces. Uh, uh, I challenged myself. I, I got them to come and, and, and sit for me, and uh, uh, some of them turned out to be the most fascinating subjects. They just didn't give it all away in the first uh, 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 glimpse. Uh, they, they held back. And as I probed, they got more and more interesting. And so uh, I, I, I don't feel justified in turning down anybody. Uh, 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 if, 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 if someone is willing to sit still for, for that length of time and uh, uh, collaborate with me, uh, uh, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, uh, I wouldn't know... Um, uh, on what grounds to turn somebody down, unless they just move around and talk the whole time. Yeah. Uh, 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 that makes it tough. But e- even the talkers. If <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 and uh, 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 if somebody is fascinating looking, even if they're moving around, uh, then I try to get into their speed, and I work more quickly. And uh, that means uh, I can do maybe... Um, uh, 
uh, two or three drawings in the space that I would normally spend on one, and uh, the uh, casualty rate is is higher okay. in terms of quality. But every once in a while, I do one of those fast pictures that I like uh, 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 best of all. Uh, so uh, 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 I'm I don't have any uh, um, uh, casting uh, uh, restrictions uh, except sitting still. Sitting for Don is not easy. No. It's, no. Uh, are we, are, are, are yeah. we up on stage with two people who've sat yeah. for Don? Well, what are your what Well, are your I mean, you, you, uh, yes, you have a fantastic view. And, and his, yeah. his, his sort of gestural activities in front of you, is, 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 his, his ballet is also very interesting. Mm-hmm. But after about two hours of this, you, know, you, you kind of go, oh, God, isn't it done? <laughs> and what, what he'll do is just say, oh, okay, done. And then, and then you'll say, oh, thank God, I can go home. And then he'll say, oh, let's do some more. <laughs> on you go. You can't say no. No. It's, it was a fantastic experience, not like anything I've ever done before. We spent seven or eight hours that day. Um, and I think you did five portraits, but you might have thrown away a couple of them. Oh, okay. uh, no. no. Have you? No. Oh. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it, it was utterly fascinating. And you would think that just sitting there for seven or eight hours would be so boring. But it wasn't. I was totally absorbed. And one of the reasons is that when Don paints you, he sits less than three feet from you. And he's got this, he sits on sort of a, a horse kind of thing <clears> with, with a, an easel on the end of it. And he locks eyes with you. And you can't look away. You just can't. And, and you're locking eyes with him. And you feel totally absorbed within Don's mind and his spirit. And um, I never really had a chance to look at the scenery outside. I, I, just, I was looking at, at Don's eyes. And, and what Peter said is absolutely true. After a couple of hours, Don is very considerate. He gives you a break. He'll give you coffee and water, whatever you want. And then, okay, let's start again. And, yeah. you know, and you pose in a different way. But utterly absorbing. And I have to say that I went home that night completely exhausted. I could barely get up the next morning. It was the most singularly exhausting thing I've <laughs> ever done in my life. <laughs> and I wouldn't have missed it for the world. It was just a fabulous experience. You and I were in the uh, same classes at John Marshall High School. In the oh, yeah? <laughs> and, and I remember the period as um, being straight, but being gay at that time in 1952 and 50 and 51 was a very hidden thing. And so I'm wondering if you would talk more about what it was like to have recognized that you were gay in a time when it was so hidden in high school and what you remember of high school. And the second point I would make is I was working in Sacramento when, for the legislature when your portrait of Jerry Brown was finished. And I don't know if you knew that uh, by the time Ronald Reagan finished his term, it had been moved from the governor's portraits on the first floor up to the niche on the third floor. And I guess now they're going to move it back down again. <laughs> but it was so different in style and composition from the old style governor's portraits that I think people didn't know what to make of it. And I'm wondering if you knew that the portrait had been moved around and you had to make a pilgrimage to the third floor to see that portrait of Jerry Brown. I knew that it, it was in... Uh 
uh, uh, isolation that uh, 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 um, uh, I'm not sure I knew that it had been uh, uh, moved around. But um, um, that's all right with me. Uh, 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 however, uh, I'm just happy it, it's there. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, your first question, uh, 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 help me again. Oh, he was asking about uh, what it was like belonging to the uh, lesbian, gay, bi, and transgender club at John Marshall High in the 1940s. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, well, that was unthinkable then. <laughs> I, I mean, e and even um, um, uh, other... Uh, uh, gays in school, uh, if we knew about each other, we, we uh, uh, were very careful uh, uh, not to, to speak of it until we were absolutely uh, certain. But uh, as I said earlier, that, that uh, can't help but um, create some kind of frisson of, of uh, 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 pleasure when one does finally uh, admit to, to something so devastating. <laughs> uh, 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 and also, I, uh, uh, you see, I was 18 when I met Chris, so um, he helped me enormously uh, because he wasn't the least bit ashamed of his queerness. Had he ever been? He seems so unfettered about it in the book. Uh, uh, I think he knew himself uh, uh, very well indeed from a, a, a very early age. He was very, uh, 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 he's the most intelligent man I ever met. Uh, and uh, I know that sounds uh, uh, so slanted, but uh, uh, I've, read, I've met many, I've been, uh, because of him, I've met uh, all kinds of, of people, extraordinary people. Uh, I've never met uh, anybody who uh, comprised so many uh, viewpoints mm -hmm. who really mm -hmm. understood, understood uh, uh, human nature because he was so interested in it himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, he helped me, and uh, I couldn't have had a better guide. And that's, um, um, that was a great advantage of our relationship because there were so many levels uh, on which we could communicate uh, with each other. Uh, um, uh, he was a perfect uh, guide uh, 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 and um, mentor and and father. Uh, um, uh, uh, he was uh, more father to me than uh, my own father, whose uh, reaction, uh, 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 of course, he uh, has heard that um, uh, I was living with his much older man, and of course he thoroughly disapproved. And his way of dealing with Chris was to refuse to meet him for more than 15 years. And, uh, uh, and until finally uh, uh, he relented and uh, 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 Chris was allowed to come to dinner with us at the Entrecte Cafeteria in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, um, uh, uh, he adored Chris. Ah. And uh, he'd been sneaking... Uh, glimpses uh, at him uh, on TV. Uh, my mother would tell me if ever Chris were interviewed on TV or the radio, my father would fly to the TV set. Mm. Uh, uh, but uh, he wouldn't acknowledge. Mm. Uh, and, and, I, uh, 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 and it was only because my mother told me that I, I knew. 
And uh, uh, so uh, uh, after 15 years and that kind of exposure to Chris, I guess he decided he, it was safe to meet him. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and eventually, um, uh, my father was a very good mechanic, and uh, he always tuned my car up to, to perfection. And it wasn't long before he was working on Chris's car, too. <laughs> but imagine uh, uh, he deprived himself all those years of uh, this man who would have been a wonderful friend to him mm -hmm. and entertained him like he entertained everybody uh, because he was so thoughtful. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm Lena Cyphers, and I have two questions I'd like to ask you. First, I know that... Um, I. I know that you used to take the red line to go to the beach in Santa Monica. Red and cars. I, oh, I'm sorry, the red car, the red car. And I wonder if you could just take us back mm. and tell me where you got off, because I'm fascinated. Um, was it the end of the line? Where exactly was it? And how did you get down to the beach? I just, the whole, that whole red car thing really. You were coming all the way from Atwater, right? Ted and I uh, started uh, in Atwater um, Glendo Boulevard, uh, the uh, um, red cars uh, uh, traveled, uh, and we would um, um, transfer uh, at um, uh, the Amy Semple McPherson uh, uh, to the uh, Hollywood car. Um, uh, no, we would actually go downtown to the subway terminal and get onto the Santa Monica car. It led us out at... Um, Ocean Avenue and the end of Santa Monica Boulevard. Ocean and, um, and Santa Monica. Uh, uh, in the early days, um, Ted was four years older than I. And uh, 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 so in uh, 1948, uh, we started going to the beach together. And uh, at Ocean Avenue in Santa Monica, Ted would always want to walk uh, about a mile and a half north to Will Rogers State Beach. Uh. Well, why? Because that was the queer beach. <laughs> and because as soon as uh, Ted and I arrived, uh, he was surrounded by uh, uh, um, uh, 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 all kinds of, of uh, uh, good-looking uh, men of various uh, ages, uh, among whom uh, uh, was Chris. Uh, because uh, he was, uh, uh, he thought Ted had the uh, most beautiful pair of legs he'd seen, <laughs> and uh, uh, he was uh, uh, very hot for him. Uh, uh, but he was also nice to Ted's little brother, mm -hmm. who hadn't come out to to Ted yet, even because mm -hmm. he was uh, being very cagey. <laughs> uh, 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 so Ted used to say, uh, "He doesn't know anything." to his friend, uh, but uh, I knew much more than Ted thought. <laughs> and uh, I just kept my mouth shut. Yeah. Uh, and um, so uh, uh, I, I actually uh, was introduced to uh, Chris when I was uh, uh, certainly 16, but uh, it was uh, two or three years, uh, uh, two years two later years. before we got to know each other better. Uh, and uh, he was always uh, bright-eyed and charming. And um, uh, uh, yes, what was the other part of your question? Oh, and yeah. also, uh, it's kind of related. I have a, f a friend who's a writer who used who was renting a home that Chris lived in, mm. actually down um, down near PCH. 
I don't know the name of the street. You take... You t- Rustic Road? So, oh, I th- oh, yeah, it was in Rustic Canyon. 322 Rustic Road. <laughs> that, that was it then. So did you, did you know him then? Or? No. Oh, you didn't. Uh, but I know the house. You know he the house? He pointed out he was living with uh, Bill Caskey then. Mm-hmm. And, and who's um, Bill Caskey? Excuse me? Who, who, who's Bill uh, Caskey? A, a, a photographer. For, they they um, started uh, living together in 1945 and um, I think uh, more or less split up in 51. Wow. Uh, and that was one of the houses they rented. It's wow. still there, and Chris uh, thought it was very badly haunted. Let oh. me tell you something. I thought, I didn't know if it was you or not, but I, I get impressions of things, and I had a really hard time in that house. I could feel where, you say it was haunted. I thought it was where they were arguing. They were drinking and arguing a lot. But I, I didn't, that's very well, interesting. that was Chris's idea of a... Of, uh, of, uh, a haunted house, a, a bad vibrations which created arguments and and uh, oh. gloomy atmosphere and uh, uh, and he he believed that uh, Southern California was one of the greatest spawning uh, 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 places for uh, haunted houses. <laughs> Is your house haunted by? Chris? Um, uh, well, uh, if it was, we, we scared them all away. Uh, uh, no, no I mean, I, I, I've always... You mean the house I'm in now? Yes, now that Chris is gone. Is it haunted by... Uh, well, it, it, it certainly... Um, uh, uh, yes, I like to think it's uh, uh, very haunted by him. Hmm. Yes. As are we all. Please extend my thanks to your fellow Angelinos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.